Gold. Today we're going to be talking about the Central Michigan football team's 61-0 loss to Wisconsin. We'll also dabble into soccer and volleyball, both playing well as of late. Welcome back to another edition of Maroon and Bold. I'm Evan Petzold, and alongside with me, I have Austin Chastain. Here to talk Central Michigan sports. And Austin, first and foremost, how you doing? How's the week been You know, so far? What are your expectations for the rest of the week? You got a lot of homework. You got, you got stuff going on. I mean, what's new? What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit tired from our trip. Catching uh, up on sleep? Catching up. Okay. Catching up a little bit. Um, but other, uh, I think it's going to be a relatively easy week. How yeah. about you? No, I'm good. I, yeah, just catching up on sleep. Lots of driving. Um, you know how it is when you when you go all the way to Madison, Wisconsin, and then drive all the way back, basically all in the same day. Takes a lot out of you. Um, and you did all the driving. I did all the driving. <laughs> I wasn't going to take credit for it now because it is what hey, it man, is. That's, but a, that's pretty impressive. I like taking care of my car. That's all I can say. It's one of those things. You that's know what right. I mean? But um, but no, it was good. It was it was fun watching you guys sleep for a little bit. But I do I do commend <laughs> you for staying awake the longest with me. No, hey. you were you were the you were up the longest. So thank you for that. Oh, but, for sure. But the long car ride on the way back from Madison, it was about what was it like seven hours? Yeah, about yeah. six and a half. Six and a half, seven. Yeah. And then we had a our we went to Wendy's and that took that <laughs> felt like it took three hours <laughs> oh to get our food God. there. That was unbelievable. It was just it, it was kind of a hot mess, but it did give us a lot of time to talk about. You know the football game, and that's what we got to talk about right now. Is it's sixty-one nothing? Couldn't even get a point on the board. Couldn't even get Ryan Tice in field goal position. What happened? Just a a lot of bad, honestly. Uh, I think the one the one bright spot is the other guy in the special teams unit, Brady Buell. He was just named MAC Special Teams Player of the Week. Had nine punts for four hundred and seven yards. That comes out to about an average of forty-five point two yards per punt. Um, long of 50 yeah and the fact that i'm talking about a punter uh honest honestly is kind of sad but great for brady i mean he's he's been doing well but i i think you were expecting a little bit more out of this game than some great special teams play it was a great special teams play because he had to punt nine times if he wouldn't have had to punt nine times he wouldn't have won the award right you know what i mean like let's be honest here um He's not winning that if he's only punting two or three times. They'd probably give it to a kicker or they would give it to a punter who had punted nine times. But, man, yeah, it wasn't pretty. Defense didn't look good. Offense didn't look good. Jonathan Ward only only played the first series and then went out. You know, he got hit pretty hard. Um, not sure if that's concussion or what that might be or, or why he didn't play the rest of the game. Um, McElwain didn't want to touch into specifics on that. The only one that he mentioned was Quentin Dormady had an ankle injury when he was sacked. Um, he was he was sacked for a loss of seven on the first first drive of the game, and it was right before Central had to punt on that drive. And so yeah, he, he took a hit, had an ankle injury, went out there for a couple more series, and then you know later on tried to throw a pass and, and threw an interception, and it, it looked pretty bad. And the explanation for that from McElwain was was just the fact that he wasn't able to plant his foot and really like get get himself you know get his momentum behind the throw and all that stuff, and that just kind of went back to the ankle. So we'll see. We'll know more on Wednesday about that. Um, so you got to just keep up on cm-life.com, and, and we'll let you know. But, yeah, Quentin Dormady, that's kind of a question mark. Is he going to be able to play? Um, Jonathan Ward, what, what's going on with him? Is that another concussion like he had last year? Um, what, what, could the, what could that possibly be? We don't know. So we'll get more on that, um, that later on. But, I mean, how big of a loss would that be? You know, you lose Quentin Dormady and you lose Jonathan Ward, let's just say, 
for even for a couple games as you're opening Mac play, and then then you got to go play, and then you got to go play uh, Miami, Florida, and then you know you're back and you're you're you starting the season and you don't even have your guys because yeah, it went and took on you know one of the best teams in the nation and just got absolutely you just got your you got your butts handed to you. Is that worth it, man? Is that worth the one mil to? Is that worth the one million that they got? No, I don't think if so. If those guys are injured? If those guys are out for any extended period of time, even if they're going to miss this game against Akron, I don't think it's worth it. That's Yeah, and, I, and, and obviously you got to do it because you got to make money and you have to do your thing, but it's just it's just a really crummy situation. Um, it is. And there's, there's really not a true explanation for it other than they had to go out and play, but, man, looking at Wisconsin, they were electric. Jonathan Taylor had 19 carries for 102 yards and, and three touchdowns, and then... Um, you know, he caught a touchdown pass as well. Jack Cohn, the, the starting quarterback, 26 of 33 for 363 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and, and honestly, the other thing that was really interesting too is Graham Mertz, the, the true freshman quarterback who came in at the end there, he was four of five for 35 yards. And I mean, dude, that guy threw five passes, right? And, and CMU's quarterbacks, you know they they completed passes for forty three total yards and it was it was nine of twenty four for forty three yards and Graham Mertz threw five passes and had thirty five yards like that's unbelievable the fact that CMU just wasn't able to move the ball they had three first downs in comparison to Wisconsin's thirty seven it it was abysmal like there really isn't even a lot to say about it the cornerbacks they got shredded Norman Anderson he he got beat really bad um, Brandon Brown got beat it's you you name them back there they probably got beat the only the only thing that really stood out to me was I think Chuck Jones looked really good at linebacker I thought he was a guy that you know was able to step up and make some plays and stop the run um, in a few separate occasions but Michael Oliver he didn't even really impress me that much it, it was yeah Chuck Jones he's my MVP but besides that I was I was dumbfounded I was too I mean we were, we were sitting sitting in this press box just kind of looking at each other like what the hell is going on like we had all of these expectations for for this team, and and really, I mean, and and Wisconsin's a great football team. Let's just reiterate that we can't judge what CMU season on this one game, just like you can't judge the Lions season on off of the, that season opener, right? But um, it's 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 hard to look out and say, okay, this this team might be good in conference play when you. It couldn't move the ball at all. Mm-hmm. It it was just difficult, and, and like I say, we were just kind of, we were just kind of like you said, dumbfounded. Yeah, I mean, you you you're not you're not gonna expect to go into in Camp Randall and win, and, and I think we made that very clear um, as we've been talking before the game. But I mean, there were expectations. Yeah, I mean, you you think they're gonna score um, at least a couple touchdowns, and you thought the defense was gonna be a little bit better than it was, and. Um, and yeah, obviously Jonathan Taylor, you realize he'll probably go for, for, you know, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, you get that, but you know, you also thought maybe they'd score late as well once the reserves were in. And that was something that, you know, is normally a reality when these Mac teams go and play, you know, big 10 schools or, or, you know, really any power five, you expect that, yeah, it's going to be difficult early and then you're going to end up scoring late in the game because that's just what you do. Or it's going to be a situation where you can keep up early because everyone's, you know, nobody's tired, no one's gassed yet, and then eventually you kind of just lose it. And there was none of that. It was just zeros um, across the line when you look at the first through fourth quarters. And that's something that's unacceptable, I think. I think not scoring in any game is unacceptable because you look at it all around the league, man. Like, 
Wisconsin, yeah, they're a good team, but they're not they're not like the best team in the nation. Like they aren't Alabama, they aren't Clemson, they're not they're they're good, like don't get me wrong, but they're quarterback still. Jack Cohn has only played what was that, his sixth game as a starter, like he hasn't proved anything. Like he just absolutely shredded the defense because his receivers were open on almost every single play. That he didn't have to there were no passes that were, you know, in double coverage or there were no passes that he threw that were were challenging for him to make or he never had to roll out of the pocket, create time for himself and then make a throw. They were just wide open literally within, you know, 3-4 seconds after the ball was was snapped. Like that's just how it was. There was no challenge. There was no difficulty. That that was the issue. And I think you know, you make it you make it more difficult for for a guy like Cone to to throw well, then it's a different story. Okay, maybe he maybe he throws an interception, maybe he doesn't doesn't do as well, but it there was no challenge a, at all. And I think that's the thing that you know really was the most frustrating. I think when you're looking at it is that you knew you were gonna lose, you knew you you knew you weren't really gonna have a chance, but there wasn't a challenge like whatsoever. There was not a challenge, and and that's the other thing too is we're, we we talk and we talk like Wisconsin is this 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 great team and they they moved up to 14th in the nation you know since the game but dude there are still 14 teams ranked better than them like that's the other thing too like they are good but i mean they're not they're not as good as clemson or alabama or georgia or oklahoma or lsu ohio state notre dame florida auburn michigan penn state like you go down you can go on the list and you can just start naming names and they, they aren't as good as those teams they aren't they've got a really good running back but all in all, I mean, there are other teams out there that have more weapons on the offensive and defense side of the ball. And that's also upsetting, too, is because you're playing a team that's in the middle of that top 25 and you couldn't score once. You couldn't score once. You couldn't even get the ball even near the red zone. No, and the one time you, I guess, kind of got close and you're at the 41, you threw an interception and they got returned for, you know, for 39 yards back into, back into you know, giving Wisconsin an opportunity to score. And that's that's unacceptable as well. I mean, we, we, we can talk about that all we want, but, I mean, we got to move on to, to the game against Akron, right? I mean, we can't just keep talking about Wisconsin this, Wisconsin that, because we get it, 61 nothing. It's kind of all about moving forward, I guess, and that's kind of how you have to look at it because if you look back, what are you even going to find? I mean, we, we talked about that a little bit too on the way home when we were, we were driving was, like, what do you even learn from a game like this? Like, how do you even learn? What What is there even to look at and say, like, oh, yeah, we could have done that better when it's literally everything? Like, you did everything wrong. Like, the backup quarterback, David Moore came in the game. He went 3 of 11 for one yard. Like, what are you supposed to tell him to make him better? Hey, man, like, like, like I don't even know what you tell him. Don't throw the ball backwards. I Like, I mean. But really, though. He had a long, of, I think, of nine, and he ended up with one passing yard. I just don't know what I don't I, I don't there, I don't even really know what you get off of film. Like, what do you even say? You I, were outmanned. You were outsized. You were I, they were they were, they were more talented, on paper and on the field. They were outcoached. Right from the get go, it doesn't even really matter. Like what what you try to evaluate, you're not going to find anything. So the biggest thing looking forward is just like what what does Akron present and how do you bounce back? And I think that might be maybe the biggest thing that you that you learn is, is okay well how do we take a loss like that and and go out and get a win and just forget about it that's got to be the biggest thing i think is is just forgetting about it right yeah uh, I'm, i'll present this question to you do you just forget about it and pre- almost pretend like it never happened yeah. or yeah you, you don't you don't try it. to use it as fuel no, or anything no just no you know there is no fuel there you got beat 61 nothing on national television and if you played that game 10 more times you would have probably got beat the same exact way 
Fair enough. I mean, what there there is no fuel. You got smacked. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't change, and that's never right. gonna change. I mean, really though, I don't, I don't think there's any fuel. I think it's kind of one of those forget about it because if we even think about it or think about trying to use it as fuel, sixty-one nothing. Sure, maybe some guys might do that. That might work, you know, from a personal standpoint. But I don't really know why you want to pin up sixty-one nothing all over the locker room. It was against Wisconsin. It's, it's now. It's not like it was against Western or Eastern or against like a conference opponent, right? You can use that as fuel. But I think losing to a Big Ten school that was supposed to beat you and everybody knew they were supposed to beat you. I don't really know what it does for you. I think you got to just move forward and focus on, you know, focus on the next game and, and just totally try to forget about it. Because, um, like I said, there really wasn't a ton that you could, you know, truly learn from that game. It was just, you know, you just got slaughtered. But anyway, Akron. I mean, they're going to be coming to town on Saturday. They kind of have an interesting situation with uh, a new coach and Tom Arth, um, you know, over there, and you know they return their quarterback, Cato Nelson. I think that's going to be someone that you got to watch. He's he. He's a dual threat guy. hasn't shown too much of it this year, but Cato's a guy that can do a little bit of both. They got absolutely blasted by um, by Illinois, forty two three in the season opener that was on the road. Then they were at home last week against UAB. They lost thirty one twenty. That was a game that was more of a coin toss, and they just didn't come up on the the winning end there. But I mean, Cato Nelson. The thing with him is, man, he can pass the ball. He can throw it around, um, and they're not afraid to do that either. And I think that's. That's probably the thing that you got to look out for the most. Dustin Burkhart, one of their receivers there, he had eight catches for 217 yards um, against UAB, didn't score a touchdown. But in that same game, Cato Nelson threw for 359 yards, also ran for 31 yards. Both of those numbers led the team. So Akron's a team that um, I think a lot of people are kind of grouping in the same category as Central. I think it's a lot of unknowns. Even though you bring back you know, a guy in, in Nelson who played quarterback last year, there are the the unknowns, and, and the passing game did look improved against UAB. Um, and he, like I said, Nelson had 359 yards, two touchdowns. There were some nice touch passes. Um, there was one, I think it was like a 35-yarder that led Akron to a touchdown eventually in the fourth quarter. That looked good. Burkhart is a guy that only had two career catches at Akron coming into the game, and and then he had eight for uh, two, you know 217. Um, he had a circus catch that was off the helmet of a UAB defender for 64 yards. Receiver Nate Stewart over there, he he's still making plays. Um, he did all right against Illinois, had 79 yards on five catches, and then he had a six-yard touchdown against UAB. But, you know, yeah, they bring a lot of offense. Their defense is shaky. That's kind of the same thing that Central is going through right now, in in my opinion. But what are you expecting out of this game, Austin, just knowing that you kind of get a chance to kind of forget about it, right? You, you know, this is your chance to kind of forget about it and move on. What are the, what are the thoughts going in? My thoughts are... If- the secondary doesn't shape up like right now central's gonna get torched on saturday um i mean it it's just it just won't be pretty because i mean kato nelson throwing for almost i'll say almost 400 yards that's a little scary um i mean it doesn't look like they have much of a running game at all um but if if this central secondary just keeps playing the way it has been it could get really ugly really quickly mm-hmm. um obviously there's a lot of question marks because of injury uh with with Dormady and and Jay Ward and uh, so if those question marks aren't aren't answered and the offense kind of loses its key pieces and that the the defense kind of plays the way it has been it's going to struggle 
Yeah, looking at Akron and some of the things that jumped out to me, um, you know, in terms of issues, special teams, they missed a 35-yard field goal and they missed an extra point and they had punts of four yards and 27 yards. So basically that essentially all kind of ended up causing, you know, a 14-point swing against UAB and that that kind of that was kind of the reason why they they struggled and that that really hurts you when you're not doing well on special teams. I think CMU has the upper hand there. Um, you know, their punt return team also had two turnovers. Um, those didn't result in in points. One was at the end of the game. The other one, um, you know, UAB ended up missing a field goal off of off of a recovery there. But n- nonetheless, I mean, you, you can't be making those kind of mistakes, you know, week in and week out. I think that's a situation where CMU might be able to take advantage of that. Um, their their kicker is one of three on field goal attempts and two of three on PATs. The run game, like you just mentioned, they don't really have a lot going there. Um, that's kind of a Cato Nelson thing where he's able to, to try to get out of the pocket and run when he can. But after two games, they're ranked 128th out of 130 teams in rushing yards per game, um, only averaging 49 yards per contest. And they're also ranked 129th with 1.46 yards per carry. So I wouldn't expect to see, you know, a dominant special teams performance or a run game performance. But I do like, you know, on defense, they have John Laco, who through two weeks, I mean, He's been pretty darn good. 22 tackles after two games. He was all over the field against UAB and was basically one of the main reasons, you know, their defense was able to to keep them in the game for as long as they were in the game. Um, so I, I look at that. Like I said, passing games improve. There are more weapons that are emerging on offense for for Akron, but I do think it all comes back to who's going to be healthy for for Central Michigan. You know, you looking at if Quinn Dormady isn't isn't able to go, um, which is is unknown right now. You're looking at throwing in David Moore. And then, you know, using Tommy Lazaro as the the backup to Moore in that situation. And obviously, we don't know what, what David Moore can do yet because he was at um, he was at Memphis and then he went to a junior college and then now here at Central. And, and it's what, what is this guy actually capable of doing? OK, yeah, he was three of 11 against Wisconsin for one yard, but you can't judge him just off of that game because I mean he came in for he came in in a situation where. He, I don't even think he was ready to play that game, knowing the fact that it's supposed to be Quentin that's going. And he was kind of just tossed in there. And then at the same time, you are playing Wisconsin, so it makes it a little bit different. So I think, you know, we'll see what he might be able to bring to the table if Quentin isn't able to go. And that might be a totally different story when he's playing against a, a MAC team, right? I mean, that, that changes a lot of things. And I, I think losing Jonathan Ward, yeah, it hurts you, but I don't think it hurts you that bad. I really like their running backs. I like the way they, they've used Lou Nichols. Um, he had a carry for nine yards against Wisconsin. And someone that the team is is really high on and I think he's going to be really good Kobe Lewis is good as well and and he brings some interesting things to the table so I think you know and then you got Romello Ross and, and obviously going down the list you know you got Kumanug Willie and, and different guys there but I really do like what Kobe Lewis and Lou Nichols can do in that type of a backup role I think that's something that you know maybe you can take advantage of even if Jonathan Ward's out kind of doing a running back by committee type of a thing so I think that kind of would potentially um, help with that loss if if Ward does end up having to be out. I also like Cole Pimbleton using him as a, you know, using him as a slot wide receiver, but using him in jet sweep situations. I think that's totally fine. I, I don't, you know, what I mean, there's things that you can make up, right? You can make up the loss of Ward maybe a little bit easier than than Dormady from what we know now because we haven't seen more, right? Right. That's yeah. my that's my point on that. But but yeah, I mean, I, I think you know I, I'll give this game to Central. I think that this is a game that they're going to win because they are, you know, they are home and kind of putting that Wisconsin game out of mind, knowing that okay, let's get people to stop talking about it. Maybe let's just get a win and just move on. And I think that that'll help them. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I just don't think Akron's good enough from a defensive standpoint. But then again, Central hasn't looked good on a, from a defensive standpoint either. So I think it might actually be kind of just like a, an offensive shootout, and whoever can score more points is gonna, you know, obviously win. But who can move the ball in the field quick? Who can have big plays? Who can you know be more explosive than the other? I think that's gonna end up being being pretty darn key. First to fifty wins. <laughs> First to fifty wins. Yeah, I mean maybe. I, I mean I don't think Central is gonna score fifty, but. Um, but I get what you're saying, though. I mean, I think, yeah, if you can if you can run up that scoreboard early, I think that's gonna just you know help you all the more. And then you got to take whatever you whatever you end up doing, you got to take that on the road to Miami and and go down there to Hard Rock and try to and try to muster up something. And that'll be an interesting game to talk about too, and an interesting game to to follow along with, just because of the fact that you know Miami is is zero two. They lost to Florida twenty four twenty, and then they lost to North Carolina twenty eight twenty five. So you have you know, two lost team in the ACC, and, and you know they get. I, I guess it does help them a little bit because they get um, Bethane Cookman, which is a, an FCS school that basically nobody knows of. And on ESPN, they don't even have like passing yard leaders or rushing yard leaders or anybody like that. So they're that'll be an easy win for Miami. So that'll that'll help them out. But it'll be interesting to see. You know how how does CMU respond after whatever happens this week? Um, but I guess we'll see, right? Yeah, uh, quick quick note on Bethune Cookman. The only thing I know about that school is it's in Daytona. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. So I remember I pa- my family passed it when we were in Daytona for a little vacation. Um, but in and we'll we'll talk more about the Miami game coming up. But um, that you, that could get a little weird. I I think it'll be interesting. But exactly depending on how this game against Akron goes. Um, Things it could get a little weird, like I say. Um, so you, if you might not want to roll out all of your starters, mm-hmm. but you also want to go out and try to win that game. Because I mean, Toledo played against Miami last year, and that was a pretty competitive game. Mm-hmm. So you want to try to keep it close, but at the same time, you don't want your guys to get hurt, like like they did against Wisconsin. So obviously, that's a big big coaching decision. I don't I don't think maybe I'm making too much of it, but. Um, that's that's just what came into my mind when you started talking about it. So yeah, we'll see. I think big things to focus on for Central this week was, um, you know, coming up in, in this game against Akron is to to really do a better job of, you know, stopping the passing game and you know having the corners locked down on on their assignments. Um, I think you also have to realize too, if you're going to key in on a certain part of the game, you, you have to really key in on it. So if they're going to try to stop, you know, Nelson with his arm, you really got to focus in on that, and you have to make sure that that you lock it down. You could tell they tried to key in on the run game against Wisconsin, and they just absolutely failed. Um, it, it, it wasn't pretty, even against their backups. It, it still, I mean, it, it just didn't work. I mean, you saw it. You saw it a couple of different times where, um, you know, the Badgers would be in a, you know, in a pistol formation or, or whatnot, and you know, Taylor was in the tailback position and, and just literally blocked and just cleared the way right for a touchdown. It wasn't even. It wasn't even close. And CMU didn't even key out on the play. And I think that that tells you a little bit more about the fact that you know they have to game plan a little bit better if they're going to try to shut down one specific person um, and, and one specific player. But like I said, you know, still shout out to Chuck Jones for 11 total tackles, one and a half tackles for a loss. Troy Brown had 10 tackles and one tackle for a loss. Um, maybe we see more of them at, at linebacker. You know, maybe, maybe maybe they get a chance to, to get in there a little bit more, specifically speaking towards Chuck Jones. Offense, I think you got to really just lay it all out this week. I, I mean – Honestly, I don't know what's going on in terms of this whole new RPO spread. Throw the ball around, have you know electric plays and, and stuff like that. You saw it a little bit against Albany and, and a little bit 
but you didn't see it a ton. And you also, you didn't see it at all against Wisconsin. I really think it's time that you really just have to open up the offense, throw the playbook out there and just go for it because it's kind of getting ridiculous when, you know, you were told that this offense is supposed to be new and it's supposed to be different and electric. I think you have to roll it out and, and I think you have to put it on display, right? Yeah. It, it honest, I'll be hundred percent honest with you. It does not look much different than it did last year. No, no, it, it doesn't. It looks very similar and, and we knew it was going to look similar, but we didn't think it was going to play similar. If that I mean, makes I'll, any sense. Well, I mean, I'll give them credit. I think there's, I mean, they only, they only ran the ball 21 times against Wisconsin and, that's something that would have been I don't know I mean they ran the ball they ran the ball 21 times they threw the ball 24 times I think last year that would have been a little bit more lopsided towards the run game I do like how they're throwing it more sure. but I will say in terms of being dynamic with it that's something we haven't seen like I, I know at Michigan they use the thing the whole speed and space right with Josh Gaddis and that's that's their thing granted that's not really working out too well either because they they've been having their own problems on offense but where where is the speed in space? Where is you know getting the ball to Pimpleton and letting letting him go wild? And you know, I mean, where are those opportunities? We haven't seen him yet, and that's kind of my point of like lay it all out there and just and just go right and just just do it. But now that you're in conference, you might as well. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's really not. It, it's it's I don't know, it's just pointless. You know what's what's the point of trying to trying to hide it or keep things hidden. I don't know if that's the plan, or maybe they just don't have the weapons to do it. I mean, I, I don't know either. We'll have to see as the season goes on. Um, I mean, you got to stay healthy. you got to get you got to get some guys back. Um, you have to be ready to go. You have to be ready to play different. What are your thoughts on this one in terms of win-loss? Do you think you think Central pulls it out, or do you think it's going to be a, a close game down to the end? What are the, what are the thoughts? I think it's going to be a really stressful game for Chippewa fans. Um It'll be close throughout. Like I said, it's it's going to be really stressful because it's going to be back and forth. Lot I think a little bit more scoring than we might think there is. Um, and I I do think Central pulls it out um, because of that home field advantage. Um, so and really, it's it's the first true home game because that Albany game with the weather delay was just a strange. It had a weird feel to it. It didn't. I mean, it felt like a home game, but. I think, I guess we'll have to see how the weather plays out of all things. But mm-hmm. um, this this game against Akron is really that first true home game, and I think you'll see a lot more fans and create that home field advantage that uh, McElwain's been talking a lot about. Um, so I think Central pulls it out because of <laughs> because of that home field advantage, um, but it, it'll be really close. Yeah, we're definitely gonna see. Um... Obviously, you never know what is going to happen, you know, when when, you know, there is a first game in conference play and and sometimes there's question marks on so many different things and there there clearly are question marks coming into this game. So we'll see what happens. That's going to be at three o'clock on Saturday, September 14th at Kelly Short Stadium in Mount Pleasant. So if you're around, uh, come on by and uh, and check it out. But family day, family day, bring bring the family. I know my family's coming up. I'm excited to see them and get to bring them out to the stadium so my family's not but oh man i know but shout out to your family they're pretty cool um, oh, yeah. no but going over to to soccer really quick want to want to chat about soccer and volleyball here um before we let you go man i mean the, the the soccer team they tied their uh they tied their first two games obviously they had the exhibitions and they beat detroit mercy in, in illinois but those were exhibitions didn't count so they tied their first two games of the season and then you know friday and sunday man they, they, they played well. They, they played really, really well, and they don't play again until Sunday, September 22nd. So a long break in between 
this is good to see, right? Two back back to back two one wins. Um, the the most recent was on Senior Day. I know Senior Day people think okay that's at the end of the season, but no, they do that earlier in the season. Um, the second home game, believe it or not, but you know really like what you're seeing from the Chippewas in terms of ball movement and just being able to to put people in position to score. Um, some new names on the list have have stood out. Um, Devin Bro has been been good, and then um, Alina Magoff has been been good as well. So you, you really take a, a team like CMU that you know had some struggles in the past, fired their coach, brought in a new one in Groves, and now they're kind of seeing the fruits of their labor. So we're gonna have to see you know see how they do there. I guess when you're really looking at the Central Michigan soccer team, you know a, a two zero and two start i mean is that positive in your opinion under a new coach is that what you want to see or is that what you were expecting even i mean what are kind of the thoughts there oh yeah that's 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 definitely what you want to see from the start i mean obviously you'd like to be 4-0-0 but 2-0-2 with a tie against a big 10 rival in in northwestern um I, i shouldn't say rival how about foe big 10 foe in northwestern um it's a good start Obviously, this this game against Kentucky on the twenty second, that'll it'll be it'll be a good test. Um, Kentucky maybe not the greatest team in college soccer, but still an SEC team, and and it'll be it'll be tough uh, to go on the road to Lexington. Um, but so far, so good. Yeah, one player to to keep an eye on, and I mentioned her you know a little bit ago, but you know defender and a midfielder in Alina. Um, Maya uh, I might have butchered that, but just so you guys know, that is a that is a Russian Russian last name, and you know went to high school in in uh, New Zealand, and just been all over the place, and, and done a, done a ton of different things. But called up to the Russian national team um, recently, appeared in three international friendlies in China in April 2019 as the team prepared for you know World Cup qualification. Um, played in the 2019 Russia Cup um, in, in Moscow has won a handful of different events, um, was in the elite round of the 2018 European Championship with the under-19 team, won the Russian National Championship, won the Russian Championship um, with a team from, you know, the Moscow region in 2017. So there's a lot of accolades. First year with the team, um, you know, the, the coaching staff has been really high on her as, uh, as someone that can really help turn the program around. And, and you know, you've already seen a little bit of that um, just with the fact that, you know, she's been able to score. She's had, you know, four shots, one on goal, and, and that one was, was you know, in the net. And I think that's something that, that you have to watch out for as well. And then also had a, a goal against Indiana State too. So, yeah, I mean, the, the positives are there. The, the players are there. It seems like this is this is supposed to be like a rebuilding year, but off to a good start so far. So we'll see where uh, where it goes from there. And then jumping over to volleyball, that's another thing that, that we had to chat about was there was a Chippewa Invitational here in here in Mount Pleasant, and that was against there was Eastern Illinois, North Dakota State, and then UIC, um, Central Michigan. They they won three nothing against Eastern Illinois, won three two against North Dakota State, and then lost three zero to uh, to UIC to cap off the Invitational. Um, good play so far to start though, and you're looking at a team that's five and one right now, and you 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 know you had that exhibition against Ferris State, and then you, know, you played in the Terrier Classic, um, which was at St. Francis Brooklyn. And then the Chippewa Invitational. So really, just um, you know, two weekends of of tournaments. But you know, you're you're off to a five and one start. I mean, is there really much more you can complain about there? No, I, I would complain about nothing. I mean, I obviously, know. obviously, you don't want to get swept on your home floor, but at the same time, five and one. That's mm-hmm. that's a pretty that that. I'm not gonna say it's a pretty good. That's a really good start. 
Yeah, um, it is. It, it is a good start, and it is nice to see you know some of the the seniors continue to lead and and just to watch kind of how you know some of the younger players as well are learning from that and, and finding themselves in new roles as well. I, I think that's that's huge. Um, you know, the the coaching has been been up to speed from what we have expected from the past. I really feel like all in all, it it's been it's been a really productive year, honestly. You know, so far for really all of athletics when you're you're looking at it. I mean, outside of Central's sixty-one nothing loss to Wisconsin, it seems like everyone else has really been there, and everyone else has been able to be. They're, they're, they've been putting up wins, and they've been then getting it done. I know field hockey they lost both of their games this past weekend, but still, I mean, they they won they've won two games already this season. That's almost Master impressive in itself, right? Match their total from last year. I know so. Lots of good going on, but any final comments on on anything? Uh, volleyball's playing at the DePaul Invitational this weekend. It 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 looks like it'll be tough yet successful for CMU. I mean, you you've got DePaul on Friday, Valparaiso on Saturday morning, and then Holy Cross on Saturday night. I I I don't want to say they're going to go out and and win all three of those matches, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Um, should be another successful weekend for for CMU athletics. Um, off to a off to a good start, like you were saying. Uh, off to a off to a good start, decent start. Everyone's, I guess, firing up, right? Yeah, got to see where they go with it. Like you said, DePaul Invitational this weekend for the volleyball team, and then the Youngstown State Tournament the weekend after that, and then MAC play starts September 27th. That's going to be on the road at Northern Illinois in DeKalb. So. We'll keep you posted on all that. Um, we'll also keep you posted with soccer, field hockey, and, and so much more. You can follow us on Twitter at CM Life Sports or at CM Life. And then you can also check us out on the web at cm-life.com. But that's all we got, right? That is all we got. All we got. All right. For Evan and Austin, you guys take it easy. Thanks. Thanks.